Uh, the root word for Holy Spirit comes in the Old Testament. It's the Hebrew word ruach. Ruach. You got to hock a really good loogie at the end of that if you really want to sound like a Hebrew. Don't be coming at me with that ruach. It is ruach. That's what you got to get in there with, okay? The, the Greek translation is the same word pneuma, which both mean the exact same thing. Breath and wind. It's talking about the breath of God, the wind of God. Ruach and pneuma are both the same thing, Hebrew and Greek words, that speak to the breath and the wind of God. Now, hear me. It is, it is not talking about breathing. And it's not talking about the wind blowing, but it is speaking to the vitality. It is speaking to the energy, the life force behind those two things. And it is the, it is the clearest picture that Scripture gives us of the person of the Holy Spirit. Let, let me just put it in your mind. Think about this for a second. It's saying when you are standing in a forest of trees and a gust of wind comes and you see the trees begin to move you see the leaves rustle up off the ground and that wind hits you and it's cooling and it's refreshing and there is this life and there is this energy that it ra it brings to a rather stagnant place that is the holy spirit the wind of god the breath of god when it talks about the person of god it is saying that that wind that vitality when you take a deep breath big breath in big breath out it is speaking not to breathing but the vitality the life that you breathe in the life that you bring out so when we talk about the person of the holy spirit we are talking about the energy the life and the vitality of God. The very thing that brings things to life. The Holy Spirit, the energy, the life, the vitality, the life-giving Spirit of God. Now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run you through the beginning to the end of Scripture and show you these in Scripture. We'll start at the very beginning, Genesis 1, 1 through 2. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was, note this, formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God, Ruach, was hovering over the surface of the waters. The Spirit was there at the very beginning of creation. The Spirit was hovering over the waters, and it was waiting to give life to what was formless to give light and shape to what was void. The Holy Spirit is always bringing life. It is always resurrecting. It is always bringing an energy, a vitality, a life to you, okay? So we see that at the very beginning. We see God's Spirit empowering people throughout the Old Testament. It empowered Joseph to interpret dreams. It, it empowered the prophets to see the future and to preach and to share to the people what God was calling them to do. And while the people were rebelling, the prophets were preaching life. So God came to this place where he told the prophets to declare to the people, the Spirit of God will come. And when the Spirit of God comes, it will transform your hearts and transform your minds so that you can love God with all your heart and you can love people 
as I have designed you and created you to be, enter Jesus. So Jesus comes, Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist, the Spirit descends upon Jesus like a dove, it hits Jesus, and then Jesus goes throughout the land, and he is preaching the gospel, he's healing the sick, he's doing a great work, and he's spreading this vitality, he's spreading this life, he is spreading the energy and the presence of God to all of his people, okay? So this is happening, and the religious leaders rebel against it. They said, we're not having this because it was working, because lives were being transformed, because people were being made new, their eyes were beginning to see for the first time, their hearts were beginning to renew for the first time, and the Spirit of God was moving. So the religious leaders said, okay, uh, we're going to have him killed, so let's sabotage, let's arrest, let's crucify him, let's bury him in a tomb, and then look at what God does. Romans 8, verse 11, really, really quickly. Important to understand this. God did not raise Jesus from the dead. God, by the Spirit, raised Jesus from the dead. Capture this. You have, we have to understand this. God did not raise Jesus. He did. I'm not, I'm not being blasphemous here, right? God did not raise Je- God, by the Spirit, raised Jesus from the dead. It's right here in Romans 8, verse 11. It says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. You you see the Trinity at work as well. You see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You see these things at work when the Spirit is coming to bring life. So he says, the Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by that same Spirit living in you. In other words, God by the power of the Spirit and by the person of the Spirit, raised the Son, Jesus, from the dead. He talks about it again, 1 Peter 3, 18. Peter brings it up. Christ suffered for our sins once for all. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the Spirit. So the Spirit raised Jesus, what do we see? From the very beginning of Genesis to now Jesus' crucifixion, being resurrected, the Spirit is there and the Spirit is bringing life. The Spirit is bringing vitality. The Spirit is bringing the breath of God, both literally, physically, and spiritually. He is always showing up and He is bringing life. He is bringing vitality. He is bringing energy everywhere that He goes. So Jesus rises and He begins preaching to His people again and He leaves the disciples with this command, John 20, 21 through 22. This is probably one of my favorite commissions of God's people. He says, again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. We are to be sent ones. We're not to be sitting ones. We're to be sent ones. Church isn't the place we sit in. Church is the place we're sent from. Church is the place we come. We get this touch of the Spirit of God, and then we walk out of here led by the Spirit, filled with the power of the Spirit, to impart that presence of the Spirit to every area of our lives. We're not sitting ones, we are sent ones. Your mission begins when you leave, it doesn't end when you leave. 
Your mission starts when you walk out these doors and we become the sent ones of God. Just as Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And look at what he does, verse 22. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I'm sending you to be a sent one to spread my gospel, my presence, my life, my vitality, my energy, everything that I am that gives you spiritual resurrection. I am sending with you, and I'm sending you out to impart that to other people all the way to the very end of Scripture when a new creation is presented and there is an invitation by God. Revelation 22:17 says, The Spirit and the bride. The Holy Spirit, and who's the bride of Christ? God. So we're here. The Spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires to drink freely from the water of life, come. So we have from the very beginning to the middle to the end, the person of the Holy Spirit showing up in presence and bringing life, bringing resurrection life, bringing help, bringing hope, bringing a spiritual heartbeat to our dead bodies. It is the person of the Holy Spirit, and he is just waiting to help. I love some translations translate the Holy Spirit to helper. The helper. The helper is here. John 14 and 16. And I think the NLT is always the helper. The helper is waiting. The helper is here. I have sent you a helper who may help you. He has sent the helper to us. I was at Home Depot the other day. I can already hear the pastor jokes, right? They don't sell hair product at Home Depot, pastor. Like, what are you, what are you doing there, right? But I, I was at Home Depot, and when I was there, I was walking out, and there was this older gentleman, and he was trying to load these sheets of OSB by himself into the back of his truck. I was parked right next to him. I walked up to him, and I said, hey, can I help you out here? And he looked at me like I was, like I was a fool. He looked at me. He must have known I was a preacher, too. He looked, he looked at me, and he's like, What? And he said to me, boy, I've been loading these sheets for 40 years. What makes you think I need your help? I'm like, fine, Pops, be the hero. You know, like I, I was just trying to help. My goodness, you know, but take it. And I watched, and I sat in my truck, and I kid you not, I should have recorded it, and I should have put it on YouTube. Because this guy, he, he got, he's, you know, he's messing with it, and you got those carts that it's like in between the middle of the cart. And he finally gets it, and he grips it, and he, and he lifts it up, and he was a little front-loaded, so it's heavy on the back, so he's, he's back and forth like this. And then all of a sudden, the old man's strength kicked in, and this brother power cleans this thing, and he snatches it right up on top, and he's got it above his head, and it's resting on his head, and he's like wobbling back and forth. And then all of a sudden, boom, he just dumps it in the bed of his pickup truck and now his tailgate's up and so the board is sitting like this so he goes and he gets his second one and that second one he can't quite get it over the other board i'm just kind of sitting there like way to go pops you know like here to help i mean if you ever needed me i'm just sitting and he is he can't get it up until finally he's trying to lift it up over the one and it falls backwards and he he lets it go Boom, it hits the ground. He stumbles forward. He looks at that thing, and he's, he's saying, fire truck and help me and everything else, and he's, he's all upset about this whole thing, and he's mad. And I was sitting there thinking to myself the whole time, 
All I want to do is help. All I want to do is help. But you know the one thing that stopped me from helping him? The only thing. I was ready. I was willing. He's a meme now. But at first I was thinking, I'm ready to help you. The one thing that stopped him was him. Just didn't want to receive. Didn't want to, I, I mean, I was just, I, all I wanted to do, I didn't want anything but to help him load. And the only thing that stopped him was him not willing to receive. I want to tell you this, before we dive into this progression that I absolutely love, this does nothing for you. The life of God, the energy of God. The resurrection power of God, the vitality of God, the person of the Holy Spirit does nothing for us if we're not willing to receive. If we're just simply, you know what, I don't know about all this, or I've had this misconception that the Holy Spirit is only this, therefore I've only gone in here and I haven't really embraced the totality of the person of the Holy Spirit and what He wants to do and who He's trying to craft me to become. So here is my plea before we jump into the progression. And I think you're really going to receive something here if you're willing. In your heart right now, just begin to tell, I am ready to receive what you want to speak, Lord. I am ready to receive by the power of the Holy Spirit what you want to speak to me. You know, I hear people come in here all the time, come into church, and uh, they, they say, man, I usually relate it to a song. I was talking to our worship team about this before we had church today. Usually they'll connect it to a song, and they'll say, man, that song really touched my heart. It wasn't really the song, it was the Spirit of God. Some people will come in here and they'll say, I don't know what it is, but there was just something. I had two, two people tell me from last week, Mother's Day, man, I just, I wept through worship. I wept through the message. The Spirit of God was here. He was giving life. He was giving vitality. And when you come in and you can't explain it and you don't know how to wrap your mind around it, but you know it's there and you can feel it and you can sense it, that is the Spirit of God moving. Okay, we got the third person of the Trinity. We know who the Holy Spirit is. We know the purpose, the general purpose of what He does and what He brings. How do we draw near to Him? How do we live led by the Spirit? How are we full of the Spirit? How are we empowered by the Spirit? How do we impart what the Spirit has? Let me show you Luke 3 uh, and Luke chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, this is a fun one to track. You'll go to Luke 3 verse 21. We'll start there. And I want you to see this. This is so important. So you're sitting there and you're saying to yourself, okay, I'm in, ready to receive. How do I draw near to the Holy Spirit? Luke 3, 21 through 22. Starts one day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened, verse 22, and the Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. Now Luke 4, verse 1, then Jesus, it's the progression, then Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Luke 4, verse 14. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, 
filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region. Luke 4, 16-21, when he came to the village of Nazareth. So this is the whole progression from baptism to temptation to Nazareth. As he's walking this journey, his boyhood home, he went in as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. Verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. There again, what is the spirit bringing? It is bringing life. It is bringing freedom. It is bringing vitality. It is bringing hope. It is bringing these things. So verse 20, he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Some words translate it fervently. They were not impressed by him. He's being rejected in Nazareth right now, okay? His own hometown. It says, the scriptures you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. In other words, to declare that the Spirit is here. The Spirit is here, the life is here, the vitality is here, the God-given presence and energy of His breath is here, and it is ready for you today. It's not far off, it's not unattainable, it's not untouchable, it's not some mystic character. It is here, He is a person, and He is ready. Okay, let's run through all four of these stages of progression. We started Luke 3, 21 through 22. Jesus is getting baptized and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descends upon him. Matthew chapter 3 gives us a better background to what occurred here. So Jesus, same story, goes in Matthew chapter 3 to John the Baptist, and he's ready to get baptized. And he tells John the Baptist, I am ready to be baptized by you. And John the Baptist says, what are you, nuts? I'm not baptizing you. You're God's son. You should be baptizing me. And Jesus says, baptize me, for it is fitting for me to do all that God asks. Right after he takes his step of obedience in doing what God has asked, what happens? The Holy Spirit descends like a dove. The Holy Spirit touches him. He grows in intimacy with the Holy Spirit. There's an entire book written on this called Pigeon or Dove. Here is the other side of this coin, Ephesians 4, verse 30. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. You may have heard before, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So we have this growing or grieving. We have, I am either growing in intimacy with the Holy Spirit or I am grieving the Holy Spirit by the way that I'm living. And the clearest picture of how do I grow in intimacy with the Holy Spirit, how do I grow closer to the Holy Spirit, is illustrated for us in Jesus' example. What did he do? He took a step of obedience. He took a step 
of obedience. He showed up and he said, I am ready to be baptized. John said no and he said, yes, it is fitting for me to do all that God requires. And right after that, the Holy Spirit touched him. What did Paul tell us in Ephesians 4? Don't grieve the Holy Spirit by the way that you live. So the way that I'm living is either growing or grieving the Holy Spirit. And it is step after step after step in one direction or the other. Are the steps that I'm taking, the things that I'm doing, the way that I'm living, the things that I'm looking at, the things that I'm touching, the things that I long for, are they taking steps towards intimacy with the Holy Spirit so that I can grow in the Holy Spirit? Are they taking steps towards grieving the Holy Spirit and missing out on the life the vitality, the energy, the hope, the future that God has for me. You're sitting here saying, how do I, I want to, I want to live by the power of the Holy Spirit. Start taking steps of obedience in that direction. That's what Jesus modeled for us. It's, it is that simple. Am I taking a step towards growing or am I taking a step towards grieving? My son had me at gunpoint by the hose the other day. He, did, he, he had these water balloons, and we filled them up, and then he was throwing them at me, and I, I smoked him with a couple, and then he ran over, and I was running after him. He beat me to it, and he picked up the hose with the nozzle on He was holding it at me, and I was like, whoa, whoa, that's not fair. And he's, you know, he's ready, and I'm like, no, 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 hang on, hang on. That's not fair. Uh, here, look, look, your, your mom's over there. You're going to spray your mom. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm going to spray you. And he said, now, no, 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 look, uh, your, your sister's right here. We don't need to get your sister wet. He said, no, I'm, I'm ready to get you. And I said, okay, hang on. I'm not in the right clothes. He said, you're already half wet. Do, do you see what I was, the whole time I was talking to him, I was taking steps closer to him. You know, he's still five. He doesn't know that tactic. He doesn't know what I'm doing. I got his mind running a million different directions. Hey, you want an apple for lunch? You want pizza tonight? You better not spray me. You know, he's, he's just thinking, and he's, he's overwhelmed, and I'm, I'm broaching him with information while I'm taking step after step after step until finally I got close enough where I snatched that thing, I turned it around, I started hosing him down, and, Dad, you can't do that. And I was just cognizant of the step I was taking over and over. We have to see our lives as a life of steps either towards growing in intimacy with the Holy Spirit or grieving the life that God has for us. I'm obsessed with, with this thing. The rings on this have me going insane. The rings have me going nuts. I was talking to a friend of mine. We were, we were talking about this. I will literally get ready to go to bed and I'll check my steps and I'll be at like 9,998. And I'm like, well, okay, no, I can't go to bed yet. One, two, three. Okay, there we go. Now I, now I can go to bed. I got my 10,000 steps in, right? I am obsessed with steps right now. I don't know why. And it reminds me, this thing will ping me. Like, hey, not doing as good as last week. Just a reminder, you can do it. Now, oh, thanks for that, right? Last week, you had 10,000 steps by now. Is something wrong? <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, thanks again. But it's reminding me, we need that same reminder in our lives. Am I taking steps towards growing in intimacy with the Holy Spirit? Or am I taking steps towards grieving the Holy Spirit? So, second progression. Jesus took a step of obedience and grew in intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Luke 4, verse 1. It says, then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So taking steps of intimacy to the place of being full of the Holy Spirit. And then when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I am led by 
the Holy Spirit. In other words, you are led by what you're filled up on. You will be led by what you're filled up on. Man, it is, it is springtime, and I love everyone's out mowing. It's about summertime now, but I love everyone's mowing their yards. It's one of my favorite stories to think about. My friend's dad, crazy about his yard, loves to mow his yard. And his wife thought she would do him a favor. His yard had gotten pretty overgrown. She was like, you know what? I'm going to mow my husband's yard for him. And my friend was telling me, he said, my mom went into the garage. And by the way, Father's Day is coming up. Women, don't mow the yard for your man. <laughs> They don't want you to do that. They don't want you to step into that arena. They like to edge it just right, and they like to cut it just right. She thought, I'll do this for him. And so she goes into the garage. She gets the lawnmower. There's no gas in it. Opens it up. She's like, okay. Fills it full of gas. Goes out. Pulls that thing. Cranks on the second pull. Within three minutes, there is black smoke and clouds everywhere. Just build. The whole yard is filled with black smoke. The, the mower locks up. It's shut down. She can't get it to move anymore. He shows up at the perfect time. He he said, my dad got out of his truck, and he was like, what have you done? She looked like she climbed out of the chimney, like just covered in black. There was black smoke everywhere. And she said, I was trying to mow the yard for you. I was just trying to do you a favor. And he says, well, what did you do? She said, well, I got the mower. I put gas in it. He said, show me the gas. He said, that's not gas. That's kerosene. You put kerosene in it. And he's like, you, you nearly blew up our house doing that. He's like, what were you doing? But the, the, the saying is true. The illustration rings true. You will be led by what you are filled up on. If you are filled up on politics, you will be led by politics. If you are filled up on drama, you will be led by drama. If you are filled up by friends, you will be led by friends. If you are filled up by social media, you will be led by social media. If you are filled up by fear, you will be led by fear. If you are filled up by anxiety, you will be led by anxiety. But if you are filled up with the Spirit of God, you will be led by the Spirit of God. Of God it starts with steps of growth towards the Spirit yeah you can you can you know but here, let me just let me stay there for a second because that's fun to cheer on but let me ask you a question what do you turn to when things get tough what do you turn to when things get tough when your kids sick do you turn to the Spirit or do you turn to Google and start searching symptoms when you're angry and you're frustrated do you turn to the Spirit and start talking to the Lord? Or do you post something on social media to vent your frustrations and to vent your anger? Because those are the things that are leading you. Those are the things. I, I go over this time and time again. And listen, I'm not perfect. I tell you all the time. I don't preach at you. I'm preaching with you. There was a moment just this past week where our son wasn't feeling well. And, we're, man, we're Googling symptoms, and we're looking up all this stuff. And I'm on this app, K-Health, and I'm typing all this stuff in. And they're telling us, basically, you know, he's, he's sick and has malaria or something. And we're like, what, like, what are we doing right now? Well, I looked right at Anna. I said, what are we doing? We're being diagnosis-led. We're being Google-led right now. Can we just be spirit-led? Let's pray right now. Let's invite the Spirit of God. Guess what? That baby's fine today. He's doing great today. A little bobblehead sitting around there smiling and screaming and wanting everything. But you, you have to be spirit-led. The way to be spirit-led is to be spirit-full. And the way you get spirit-full is by taking steps towards obedience to the things of God. To what God wants. It goes back to the step. I'm going to take a step of obedience 
and then I'm going to get filled up with the Spirit, and then I'm going to be led by the Spirit, and then when I'm led by the Spirit, here we go, Luke 14, 4, or Luke 4, 14, says, then Jesus returned to Galilee, note this, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. I take a step of obedience towards intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Then I am filled up with the Holy Spirit. Then I am full and being led by the Holy Spirit. And not only am I being led by the Holy Spirit, but I have the Holy Spirit's power with me. And he reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. Let me just give you context really quick. Think about this. So Jesus took a step of intimacy towards God. And God sent the Spirit as, a, as just a blessing to him, as a dove that descended upon him. And then he kept walking in obedience, and the Spirit kept filling him up to where he was filled with the Spirit. And then he started being led by the Spirit. And now he's got the Spirit's power operating on his behalf. But let me tell you, the entire time he is going from baptism to temptation to Nazareth where he's getting rejected. In other words, you can always grow in intimacy with the Holy Spirit no matter what is happening to you. You are always growing if you are seeking the Holy Spirit. I, we just came through this pandemic, and I had two different types of people that I was ministering to. Those that said, I'm better spiritually than I've ever been before. Why? Because they've been spirit-led. Because God was leading them through this. God was speaking to them through this. And they were growing through difficulty during a really difficult time. Growing in intimacy, being filled up, being led, and seeing God's power. And then I met people who was all falling apart. And you know what they were led by? Everything but the Spirit of God. Every distraction, everything happening. They could tell you the news cycle for the past two weeks, but they couldn't tell you what God's Word spoke to them that morning. And it was just being led by everything. But what do we see? We see when Jesus takes a step of intimacy, he is filled up. When he is filled up, he is led. When he is led, he has power. I thought this was so interesting. I was talking to a friend of mine, he's a pastor. And I said, how long do you think this whole thing is going to last? This, uh, you know, pandemic and, and the repercussions of it and blah, blah, blah. And he said, uh, he said, for some people, it'll be forever. And he gave me this illustration. He said, my mother-in-law, he said, my mother-in-law's a great woman. He said, my father-in-law was a businessman, had a really big business, and he passed away. And when he passed away, he left my mother-in-law more millions than she'll ever spend in her life. He had a big company. He was smart with his money, and she was set. He said, she also lived through the Depression in 1929. And he said there was something that hit her during that time when she was, they had no AC, they had no heat, they had nothing. They were drying their faces with washcloths and they were sharing little bits of food on their table. He said that placed something in her that has never come out of her. And he said now we'll be, she will complain about McDonald's raising the price of a cheeseburger from 99 cents to $1.29 and she can buy 10 million of them. He said, she will go to the store and she will leave the store with a bunch of off-brand stuff and be so ticked off that Coke was 99 cents more expensive than RC Cola. Like mad, fighting mad. Like what is wrong with this world? And he said, it's not a money problem, it's a leading problem. He said, it's placed something in her that won't get out of her unless it's by the Spirit. One of the things I, I am... 
I'm praying for, and I'm believing God for, is that we will, in the midst of all of this, everyone's praying for revival, everyone's praying for all these things, I'm praying that God's people will become spirit-led again. And that God's people will just, will just become spirit-led, and not worry-led, not fear-led, not anxiety-led, and not allow a season to implant something in you that for the next 10 years has you in fear, has you in worry, has you in anxiety, because here's what we miss out on. You miss out on God's power. Miss out on the power that He has the power that he wants to bring to you, the vitality and life that he wants to sow. Okay, let me wrap this up. Luke 4, 16 through 21. This is the final piece. So we see a step of, of obedience. We see it filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, then experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit, and now it goes to impartation. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and he found the place where this was written. I love that he found it. It wasn't just given to him. He knew where he was going. He knew what God was doing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and the time of the Lord's favor has come. He, has ro he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All the eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scriptures you've just heard have been fulfilled this very day. In other words, what he is saying is the Spirit and the power and the freedom and the life and the purpose that you have been awaiting for is right in front of your face. That day is still today. That day is still today. The Spirit is alive. The Spirit is active. Back to where we first began. And He is just waiting to bring life to bring vitality, to bring hope, to bring energy, to bring resurrection power to your life, to your soul, if you will receive what he has. I love, uh, a bunch of my friends have been doing this um, surprise Disney trip to their kids, right? Super cool. One did it at Christmas time, another one did it at a birthday and it's the day of, kids come down, they film them, and the kids are opening up gifts, and there is this picture of Disney, and she says, that's your gift, you're going to Disney, and the kids are like, what, really, oh, that's so cool, I'm so excited, you're going today, we leave at four o'clock, and then the kids, what, like right now, today, and you can see when it clicks that it's not just a gift, but it is a gift for right now, it changes everything. All of a sudden, it's, it's not just, wow, I got this gift, when are we going? But it's, wow, I got this gift, and I get this gift right now. When we're talking about the Holy Spirit, we're not just talking about a gift, but a gift right now. A gift right now for you, for your soul, for your spirit, for that life, for that energy, for that vitality, for that presence, for that hope, for everything that you long for in your spiritual life. The heartbeat, quite literally, of your spiritual life is in the resurrection spirit of God. And that person is ready right now.